Welcome to the FNL Podcast. My name is Vicki Denton and I'm your host. Our guest today is Rebecca Warden. Rebecca is the manager of the Fleet and Driveline Fluids Evaluation Section at Southwest Research Institute based in San Antonio, Texas. Rebecca is the co-project manager for the Advanced Fluids for Electrified Vehicles Consortium at Southwest Research. Welcome to FNL Podcast, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Vicki. You're welcome. So, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, as you mentioned, I manage the Fleet and Driveline Fluid Evaluation Section here at Southwest Research. And what that means is our section focuses on lubricant evaluations for anything that's pretty much not engine oils. So, automatic transmissions, axles, tractor hydraulics, industrial hydraulics, and obviously, like we're talking about today, electrified vehicles. So there's a lot of work going on in the industry looking at electrified vehicles, both on the hardware side, as well as on the lubricant side. So when did you start this project, Rebecca? The consortium officially kicked off in May of 2021. Probably for about a year before that, we've been working on figuring out what the consortium would look like, talking to members of the industry of how we would want to structure it and and really getting buy-in from the industry as a whole. Right now we have members ranging from base oil suppliers all the way through OEMs. So what is the purpose of this consortium? The purpose of the AFEV consortium is to better understand the lubricant needs for electrified vehicles. Electrified vehicles are changing rapidly, whether it's a hybrid vehicle or a pure electric. If you look at the powertrain on a hardware side from OEM to OEM, light duty to heavy duty, they look wildly different. So therefore, the lubrication needs are very different as well. And right now in the industry, a lot of what we're seeing is conventional lubricants like automatic transmission fluids or gear oils that are being used in these powertrains. But as the hardware continues to develop, develop, those powertrains look very different than a conventional application like an automatic transmission. So the goal of this is to better understand the unique requirements that an electrified vehicle lubricant has so that the formulators can formulate products specifically to meet those needs and so that the OEMs and tier one suppliers on the hardware side have the best lubricants for their application. Because as we know, in a lot of cases, you can have the wrong lubricant. So then you have to really beef up the hardware in order to account for that mismatch. We want to try and prevent that from happening. So basically, how many members does your consortium have at the moment? Right now, we have 15 members, and that is growing every day. I think every monthly meeting we have, we've added two or three new members Um, We have at least two more coming and probably more after that as well. And you said your project kicked off in May. What does it actually involve? Do you already have a program uh, ready to go or are you just discussing what the focus of the consortium is? Tell us a little bit more. Sure. So when we originally proposed the project, we had a list of potential projects that the consortium could fund. Um, The benefit of the consortium is everyone gets a vote. So the consortium members themselves really choose which way the research is going to go. Kind of one of the hard parts of electrified vehicles is there's so much that we don't know. So there's 
a whole lot of research that we can do, but we, we can't do it all at the same time. Um, so by allowing everyone to pool their resources, um, pool their budgets, we're able to do a lot more with less coming from each individual company. Um, so at the beginning of this project, we proposed, I think, seven different areas looking at what an electrified vehicle would need. Things such as high-speed durability or um, EV-specific oxidation, uh, high-speed aeration, materials compatibility, and others. And we pooled the members, and they have chosen to move forward looking at high-speed durability, materials compatibility, and electrical conductivity for this first year. As we wrap up research and move on to future years, we'll add in more projects. We might also find something interesting as we start down the path of one project that the group decides, yeah, let's let's follow this diverging path and learn more. Now, uh, hybrid vehicles do still need engine oils, but fully electric vehicles don't. So what are exactly the fluids the range of fluids that are going to be required by electric vehicles. It's a great point. And it's, it's changing. Like you mentioned, hybrid vehicles require engine oil, obviously, but the engine oil requirements for a really heavy duty hybrid where you have a strong electrical component is different than an application where you just have an IC engine only. For right now with AFEV, we're really focusing on the driveline lubricant both for hybrid vehicles as well as pure electric vehicles. There's a lot of unique requirements that you don't have in conventional applications. Things such as the electric motors themselves. You know, if you think of a traditional automatic transmission, you don't have an electric motor in there. You don't have that heat source. You don't have those additional materials that you have to ensure the fluid is compatible with. But you do have other things such as clutches. Um, so enabling us to formulate for both the hybrid as well as the electric vehicle will enable the best um, product to go into those. Um, one thing to keep in mind with, especially as we talk about pure electric vehicles, the motors themselves are changing. We're seeing higher and higher input speeds coming. Right now, things on the market, I believe the top end is 18,000 or 20,000 RPM. There's talk of 30,000 RPM or, or maybe even more into the future. There's some unique requirements that the lubricant has to accommodate that we don't have in conventional applications. And will this require different base oils or maybe not base oils the way we know them today? Potentially, absolutely. There's unique temperature requirements in these electric vehicles. In order to cool the electric motor, you have very, very high interface temperatures, something that we know is a requirement from the base oil. Um, at the end of the day, the base oil and the additives work together as a team. So there's a lot of advancements that could be made looking at next generation base oils and additive packages together. So how do you decide what base oil and what additive technology you will actually be testing in this consortium? So the purpose of the consortium is to better understand what the lubricants need. So we're not coming out of this with here is the best electric vehicle fluid. We all developed it together, but it's to find the tools to enable the traditional oil and additive companies to do those developments. So in many cases, the um, lubricants that we're testing in the consortium are really more like model fluids. 
So we're trying to show differences. Maybe if you use this base oil versus that base oil, you can see a difference in high-speed durability or um, electrical conductivity. And since we know the properties of those, it can help guide future formulations. So the consortium isn't so much focused on exactly what we're testing, but we're using what we're testing to better understand the relationship between the lubricant and the hardware. Kind of think of it like reference oils that we'll see a lot in the lubricant industry. Something that allows you to show differentiation so that you can compare your real finished formulation products back to that. So are you doing more basic fundamental uh, research um, in this consortium? To start out with, yes. In the end, we might end up with some standardized testing methods that could go into the industry. We've had other consortiums that have resulted in that. But if we get there, we want to ensure that those methods are based on the fundamental research. So we're trying to better understand those interactions so that we can then take that forward into having a good option for finished formulators to really compare their formulations. We've never really done this in the last 20 years where we're starting with a completely different hardware. How different is this consortium from the others that Southwest Research has embarked on in the past, perhaps in a, in a different space than fuels and lubricants? Southwest Research has formed at least a dozen different consortium in the past. Some are developed for a specific purpose. An example that's very closely related to AFEV would be the P3 consortium. That one was looking at gasoline pre-ignition um, or pre-ignition on gasoline engines and looking at the lubricant properties that could cause pre-ignition. One thing that actually came out of that consortium was the current standardized test method for gasoline lubricants that enable you to evaluate its ability to prevent pre-ignition. We have other consortium that have been running for decades, many of these looking at the hardware and how you could do next generation design to improve efficiency or emissions on hardware for the vehicle. Talking about hardware, Rebecca, uh, what hardware is the consortium using at this point in time for this project? Yeah, so I can't tell you exactly. Um, you'll have to be a member of the consortium. <laughs> but we are using some hardware that's off the shelf. We're also looking at developing things. Another benefit of the consortium is we do have tier one and OEM suppliers. Um, so there has been some discussion of looking at kind of next generation things, things that maybe aren't on the market yet, but are, are coming soon. So when we talk about EVs per se, there's from what I understand, there's quite a range of technology available out in the market. Will your consortium be able to address the different technologies that abound today? You have the European technologies, you have the Chinese technologies, you have the American technologies. How different are they from each other? And how will that impact the type of fluid that will be needed to be developed by the industry for these different types of hardware? Absolutely. That is one of the hardest things we're looking at because not only is there a wide variety of hardware types out on the market globally, but it's rapidly changing. You know, what 
the hardware looks like today is likely not what it's going to look like in five years. And when you add in medium duty and heavy duty on top of what's currently out there for more light duty applications, that problem gets even worse. So we're really trying to anticipate what the industry is going to look like in five or 10 years and enable the studies that we're doing to be generic enough that next generation fluids can be developed for next generation hardware. That's one of the problems that the lubricants industry has always struggled with in the past. We develop next generation lubricants on last generation's hardware and last generation's hardware or next generation's hardware on last generation's lubricants. We're trying to see how can we kind of use our crystal ball, look into the future and develop these tools, not only for what the industry looks like today, but what we think the industry is going to look like tomorrow, um, whether that be power levels or speeds or power densities um, so that these lubricants can really be developed for where the industry will be in the future. I think you um, talked about, about a very interesting point, developing oils for yesterday's engines and still happening today. And the most dip difficult part of it is testing those oils when those hardware are no longer available. We've all been there. <laughs> So how long is the consortium set up for? How many years do you expect it to be around? It's set up as a three-year consortium, but we really anticipate it's going to continue after that. We have some consortium that have been three, four-year programs, and they're now on their sixth or seventh. There might even be some that are, are longer than that iterations of the consortium. We try and group them into chunks because a lot of the research builds on top of each other. So what we'll be doing in year three will likely be based off of work that was done in year one and two. Um, so we try and group them into you know, sizable chunks, three years, four years, and then reset for the next year, look at getting more folks to join as well and kind of reestablish a baseline. So the involvement of the consortium, is it just funding or is it also... You have to contribute your technical expertise if you want to be a member of the consortium. The only requirement is funding. We do have folks who are contributing technical expertise, whether that be from the lubricant side or the hardware side, but it's not a requirement. So we have some members who want to just come and listen and they want to hold things close to the vest. We have others who have things to share that they want to share with the group in order to kind of add to whatever research topic we're looking at. There is no requirement to share whatever you have as part of your member company unless you want to. And then how have you been conducting your meetings during uh, this pandemic? Is it all virtually or you've actually had face-to-face -face meetings? So far, they have all been virtually, which is probably one of the most difficult things we've had. I would not recommend starting a consortium during a pandemic, but <laughs> I don't think we really had an option to, to not. There's so much need for this in the industry right now. We've had our virtual kickoff meeting. We've been doing virtual monthly meetings to date, keeping all of the, the members in the loop, which probably that's been one of the most difficult things because we do have a very global group. So trying to find times that work well, not only for those of us in the States, but our members who are in Asia and Europe as well, has been pretty difficult. We have our first quasi face-to-face -face meetings happening in November. That will be our 
six month group meeting. It seems about half of the folks are going to be able to join us and then the other half will be able to join us virtually. Um, and hopefully by our May meeting, we'll be able to all actually meet in person. Um, with this pandemic, we've definitely found that's that's been a hard thing to do of getting a group together who, in many cases, a lot of these people don't know each other. So you're on a WebEx call and, and trying to have conversation and, you know, that face-to-face -face interaction is just sorely missed. So we're hoping we can get back to that soon. So one of the things you mentioned is developing tools. My next question is, how has artificial intelligence helped in the helped in 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 your work? I mean, are you using artificial intelligence for this project? We're not doing artificial intelligence at least right now. Um, right now, we are still kind of looking more on the base research side. Um, we do have a group here at Southwest Research who does a lot with machine learning and, and, you know, when you have large data sets can glean very interesting information out of that. At some point, we might have a data set that would be worth bringing them in on, on that kind of information, but uh, that's, that's not a part quite yet. And on the personal side, I understand that you would have to be an engineer to work at Southwest Research, right? Well, you don't have to be an engineer. It just depends on what you're looking for. I personally am. Um, my background is in mechanical engineering. The majority of my team is on the mechanical engineering side as well. And you've been with Southwest Research for 12 years. I have, yes. And what's been the most fascinating part of your 12-year career at Southwest Research so far? Honestly, starting this consortium has been one of the most rewarding things that I've done. I've done some really interesting projects. I've gotten to see some interesting things, but getting this group together, talking to members of the industry that I don't normally work with, listening to all of our members from the base oils to the OEMs, what they're worried about, what their concerns are, and trying to form this group to get everyone together and do this research has been really fun. And then on top of that, actually diving into the research and being able to get down to the nitty gritty fundamentals and really come out with something that we're really proud of and get information that is really substantial has been, it's been very fun. Um, so like I said, this has kind of been a labor of love for Pete and I for at least a year and a half now. So finally getting traction and getting it off the ground and, and really doing it is pretty exciting. Last question, Rebecca, is, is there a future in lubricants? Absolutely. I mean, you can't have mechanical components like this without the lubricants. What the lubricants is needed is going to change. Um, I know that's one of the big concerns, what happens when the IC engine is gone. The IC engine isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and that's coming from the EV person here. <laughs> We're going to see heavy hybridization, so the lubricant requirements are going to be there. They're going to be different, though. And then, like I mentioned, for even pure EVs, there is still a lubricants requirement. And the more we know about what that requirement is, the more we can develop, we can enable the industry to develop really specialized fluids to push this industry where it needs to be. But perhaps the industry won't be the same 20 years from now, right? I mean, we're looking at an entirely different set of fluids, perhaps. Yeah, I don't think the industry will look the same 20 years from now, but I don't think the industry 20 years ago looks the same as it does now. Um, so there's always change and getting ready for that and 
being able to to embrace that, um, I think is very important. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for your time. We really appreciate your sharing with us what the consortium is doing and best of luck. And uh, hopefully we can have you back in a year and tell us the progress that you have made. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for having me. This has been fun. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too.